0: Love grace blessed is the smile on her face for a kiss i'd commit all seven
1: hello everybody and welcome to hit single thank you for joining us on this fine day whether you are a first-time listener or following weekly we are glad you are here today we have kyle harrison aka hammond's folly on the show kyle takes his musical inspiration from traditional folk music He grew up in rural South Jersey and developed his love for folk music through years of playing traditional Irish tunes in pubs across New York City. You can catch him these days performing all over Nashville. Kyle writes his own tunes about everything from sunny days in Manhattan to thunderstorms in Los Angeles. I've been told there is an odd amount of music written about the weather, hopefully more on that later. To briefly talk about his accomplishments, Kyle's an Emmy-nominated screenwriter and street artist whose work has been featured in major media outlets and museums. Now, without further ado, let us dig into the multicolored book that is Hammond's Folly. Kyle, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the greater story, which is your life, I have yet to get this explanation. What is the backstory behind your stage name, Hammond's Folly?
2: Mm -hmm. So I get that one a lot. It actually uh, comes from Bob Dylan. So he, in 1962, I think it was, released his first album called Bob Dylan. And John Hammond was his famous producer, and he found him in the village, and he was like, trust me, this kid is gonna be great, he's gonna sell a ton of albums. I um, mean, told his colleagues at Columbia Records that, and they're like, okay, if you say so. He seems kinda weird, but go for it. And he sold his first album, and it sold almost no copies. Flopped so bad. So the joke around the Columbia Records office was co- nicknaming Bob Dylan, Hammond's Folly. Folly meaning kinda stupid, you know, dumb decision. And what makes it funny is that he later became Bob Dylan. Um, so I always thought that was just a funny name with some kind of weirder words that seemed memorable. Um, and I love Bob Dylan. So, uh, you know, felt like a nice homage or homage, however you say that word.
1: Yeah, it, I think it fits. I mean, anything with a good backstory yeah. is, uh, is great. I mean, yeah. I, I think it... I remember the first time that I heard it, it like begged a question, what in the world is this? Yeah.
2: Which I think is perfect. <laughs> it's great <laughs> you know? until I say it on stage and then people are like, okay, how am I going to spell that? I'm like, yeah, great question. <laughs> so I started wearing, I have shirts now with it on there and I wear it f- just for spelling reasons. Gotcha. Hey, Make sure people know. <laughs> hey, it, it's great. Um, Thank
1: you. So to get into a little bit of history, uh, just walk through where you're from. You said you've moved around a bit, um, you know, kind of walk walk me through that journey.
2: Sure. Um, yeah, so like you mentioned, I kind of grew up in sort of two places, but mainly in rural South Jersey, um, close to Philadelphia, and then spent a lot of time, too, in Brighton Beach, New Jersey, on Long Beach Island at the Jersey Shore. Um, so those were kind of the two places I grew up a lot, um, and it was great, and I love New Jersey. I still, every place I move to, I carry a New Jersey flag. I hang it up, first thing I do. It's a wonderful state. Um, but so I went to school and lived in Manhattan for about six years, um, And that was great. And I studied economics. I wanted to be a Wall Street guy. And then now I write commercials for a living. But uh, I can get into that one later. But loved New York. I was one of those guys I never thought I'd leave. It was, you know, everything. And I wore, you know, suits for fun. Or not even suits, but like, you know, nice jackets dressed really nicely. Um, You know, a clean haircut and everything. And then after a while, I got bugged with it. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to California. And now, if you know, my hair's long, I, I don't wear shoes often, so I've, I've turned into complete 180 on that one. Yeah. Um, but then I moved to LA for only about six months, and then COVID hit. So I was in a little apartment, didn't want to be stuck there, so I went back to my parents' house, lived back at the Jersey Shore for a while, and then went back to California um, while I was working remotely and everything, and lived down in San Clemente in Orange County. Um, it's just a really great, chill surf town, a um, lot of fun there. And then only about a month ago, in mid-September, I moved down to Nashville and uh, been here ever since. That's great.
1: I'm always curious when I see people move down to Nashville because, at least in my experience, you don't accidentally end up here. Mm -hmm. So especially with musicians being a music city and the cliches that come along with it, was there a point that you decided as a musician, like, I'm making this move for this purpose or kind of what brought you here out of all places?
2: Sure. I mean, I think like everybody, it was music ultimately, Um, but kind of on two fronts because my wonderful girlfriend, Tawny, who you'll be hearing from a little bit, is a violinist professionally, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, she's not a violin; she's a person. Um, And she, you know, her nice starting, she plays music for a living. I just do it for fun, but really wanted to start taking it more seriously. And we were like, why don't we, you know, let's go somewhere. Let's go Nashville. Let's try it. so yeah, it was definitely music, and luckily I still work in New York, um, that's where my job's based, but it's fully remote now, and they were like, yeah, go chase music, that's awesome. I'm very supportive of that, which was great. So it was definitely music, definitely wanted to be on stage more, that's the ultimate goal here, just play as much as I can. Yeah. From
1: from what I have seen and heard, uh, you're well on your way on that. So, yeah, you know, you're here. You. <laughs> uh, I, I plan to follow you and, and see you go up from here. Yeah, thank you. you. You talked a little bit about, you know, your name and some inspirations mm-hmm. from that, as well as doing folk music. What are more of the inspirations for, you know, why you got into folk music? Like, what what are some things that you pull, uh, you know, from the past or from current musicians that influence what you do and write? Sure.
2: So I think it kind of all comes from my upbringing so my dad is actually from South Africa and so we grew up um, you know going there a lot and we had a really you know that was just part of our growing up which actually has nothing to do with folk music but <laughs> on the other side is my mom's family who's all from Ireland and growing up I don't know why that was more normal I guess in New Jersey so we thought we were cool we only we didn't care about the Irish culture we only liked our South African side and then as I turned like 17 um, I don't know why I was always just looking up new music, and I came across Irish music one day, and it, like I remember the moment—it was like a, you know, a total shift in my life. I first heard it was Galway Girl, Steve Earle, which is such mm-hmm. a common classic, um, and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is cool!" And then I fell in love with Irish culture in general. Um, it was, uh, you know, a lot of the music, of course, and I started just learning the songs on my own, uh, but just really dove into the culture. Was doing a lot of studying on it for fun. Um, went to ireland a couple times and that was really the first thing that really got me into it and in new york which was great when i first got to college you know half the city's irish so any given night you'll find three or four irish sessions going on uh so i started as an 18 year old going in and totally not going to the bar of course because that's illegal (laughs) but um i think they thought what 18 year old kid's gonna sneak in to hang with the old dudes Mm. and play irish music um but they didn't know about me. <laughs> but I, so I was doing that a lot and really fell in love with that. And then through that, you know, there's so much transfer, obviously, with American music and the folk music of Appalachia and bluegrass and all that stuff. So that slowly formed into that. Um, and it's really just now a, a lot of different folk stuff. Uh, there's, of course, the Greenwich Village stuff, Bob Dylan, um, where my name comes from, um, and all his colleagues at that time. But a lot of I'm singing now, getting really into, like, the old Appalachian ballads which are, you know, oftentimes 1500s songs come by the English Settlers and everything. Um, so that's a lot of that inspiration, but, you know, it's what's weird is, you know, I play folk music because so everybody always just assumes that's all I listen to. You ask anybody, you know, who knows me well what my favorite band is, and they'll tell you the Beach Boys, no matter what. Favorite band of all time. Best band ever. Better than the Beatles, better than Zeppelin. I'll be Die on that hill. <laughs> so I love them, and I, I grew up on Led Zeppelin, though, as well. That's what got me into music. When I was 12, started playing the drums. And it's so it's, it's really all over the place with a ton of music. Mm-hmm. Like, on the way over here, I think I was listening to uh, Phil Oaks, who's an old folk singer from Greenwich Village. Up next on my, like, on-repeat Spotify list was Motley Crue. After that was some, like, UK grime song. So I'm, it is all over the place for yeah. sure. But when it comes to this, you know, when I talk about my music, um, just a real... Smattering of folk stuff, but I think it all comes back to Irish music um, at the end of the day.
1: Well, I think folk music, uh, but especially Irish music, is very refreshing down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you get a lot of people that fit that Nashville mold, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm sure you can blend in when need be, especially with having a vast, you know, uh, yeah. kind of influence of music. But personally, I know I, I loved like I got a little giddy when you're like I do Irish music yeah. because <laughs> uh, I am a very large Irish man. Um, yes, so that my that. whole family, you know, we we track like heritage back to you know the castle that you know our family. However, that works, who knows how it yeah. works. <laughs> but uh, you know, from the high kings to um, you know Celtic women all that stuff, mm-hmm. like that kind of music has always um, been very close to me. So to you know, look forward to the podcast and be able to just sit here and listen to you do yeah. some folk music and Irish. I've I've been very uh, excited for it yeah, so I, cool. I can't wait to hear you hear you play in a few minutes you know,
2: it's not something you hear often people are like oh I can't wait to hear Irish music Yeah, I, not well, super common but you, you but found it I love it, it.
1: <laughs> so uh, to step away uh, from you know some of the inspiration stuff you talked uh, very briefly a couple minutes ago about some of the work you do with like copywriting mm-hmm. and I know we talked uh, before about how that kind of did work into some of the music you've been doing if you want to kind of touch back on that
2: sure yeah, so like I actually mentioned, I went to school, little business school in Manhattan called Baruch College, um, and I studied economics, totally wanted to be a Wall Street guy. was really into that, and I had I'd been playing music a long time and writing, but I was like, no, that's that's the key. That's where the money is, and it is, mm-hmm. actually, but um, did that for a while, and I actually, when I was in college, a friend of me started a few e-commerce companies, um, just fun ones we thought it could be, you know, we're like, oh, we're going to get rich on this, and we made no money, but uh, we needed somebody to write for the site. And I was like, oh, I had written songs and poems. I could write a website. How hard is that? Uh, So I did, wrote that, and it was a lot of fun, you know, and a lot of people were like, you know, this is a job. It's called copywriting. You could do this for real. I was like, oh, that's cool. I could do that. So I looked into it, and luckily I was in New York where it's all, you know, there's just so much opportunity. So I was able to network and find a job um, working for ad agencies. So really what I do is sit around and think of ideas all day when I have the idea and the client likes it, I start writing scripts and we produce commercials and do all that stuff and even do much bigger stuff. It's not always even TV anymore. Um, I've done through that even outside of work I've done um, or last a year ago now I did a short film um, during the pandemic, which is a really cool experience, um, got some cool people on that like you mentioned, we are nominated for an Emmy. We are we have not cool. heard back yet, I hope.
0: That. Is,
1: that, is that like public information or is that not released yet as far as whatever that production was? Oh, no, that's been
2: out for about a year now. Gotcha. What, what's uh, that called? It's called Inside and Outwards. Um, and it's just a... It was a short film. It, it became very... I don't know how to describe it. Like it was almost written as a poem, sort of a narration. Um, all these really nice scenes shot on a rooftop in Brooklyn. Mm. And all just about... You know, so many people were struggling being stuck inside for so long. And it was trying to look on the upside. And it was like, yes, this is terrible, but think about at least all the time you have to really be by yourself and and work on yourself and be happy and love yourself. Um, So it was hopefully meant to be this uplifting message in, you know, the darkness of all that stuff that was going on last year. And we ended up getting... um, Sufjan Stevens did the score for it, which was pretty cool. I actually wrote a score for it and before we found out we had him on and then they were like oh hey he's gonna join somehow our director knew him I was like well I guess I'm not gonna score this one so my score took a back seat yeah. and then we got um, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker the actress to do our voiceover which was pretty great wow. and she was awesome to work with so um, yeah that was just a really nice project that came up it was all with advertising people but not for any brand necessarily mm-hmm. just it was a fun project we all wanted to do and now I'm working at a uh, an ad, ad agency based in Brooklyn called Translation and they're really great because they're very modern do a lot of really cool stuff um we they just did a few huge things with Beats by Dre um the NBA they're doing stuff all the time I work a bit on at we just launched a WhatsApp thing but uh what's great is that they uh am I allowed to name drop? we'll find out go, but <laughs> go for it cool That's what we're here not for. even name drop am I gonna get sued <laughs> by these brands <laughs> Bring it. for being on a podcast about music um But what's great is we're partnered with the sister agency, which is called United Masters. And they're sort of a company that supports independent artists with releasing music and um, promotion and all that stuff. It's, as they call it, a record label in your pocket, which is pretty cool. And that sounds like a plug. And maybe it is, because I do like work for them. They're fantastic. And I actually, just on my new upcoming release, um, I have a single coming out in November, followed up by the EP in December. Um, released it through them so what's really great is they're very cool about I'd let them know and they're you know making sure everything's going smoothly and helping to promote it in different ways so um, that's a nice little benefit of of working there
1: so uh, current work kind of leading into that Mm -hmm. what's some of the big stuff you've been doing um, you know before you even got to Nashville um, and is there anything that you're like growing on that or, or working towards now that you are here
2: sure up until now, released two full-length albums and one EP. Um, all done on my own recording and sent them out to mixing and everything. And I so what was it? The first... Yeah, the first two albums were really um, all original music, besides one had a folk cover. Um, and the first one was actually a little less folky. It was even more... You know, maybe somewhere in the folk pop world, I would call it. And the next one definitely got um, a little more traditional, a little more proper folky... This last one was an EP of all covers of uh, traditional, just traditional songs really, traditional American tunes. Um, a lot of songs I learned from Gene Ritchie, who if you don't know her was an awesome song collector and singer and um, just a great musician from kind of the forties and fifties. And then a few not, not through her, but um, I really wanted to just do a proper traditional album, uh, really do songs in the folk, the folk style um, so I partnered with this great singer. Her name is uh, Mia Cara out in California. Uh, we recorded together, and it worked out really nicely. And like I mentioned, up next, I have this studio album. It's all ready to go. Studio EP, I guess. Um, four songs. And I'll be singing one of them tonight on this, on this recording.
1: And that song would be called? It's
2: called The Queen of Monmouth County. What inspired that? Is there kind of a story behind that? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's actually... It's like more and less of a story, I think, than a lot of people want. It, it actually, I first wrote the chorus of it in, I think it was 2016, so five years ago. Hmm. Um, so it's been something that I kind of wrote, didn't think about it for three years, tried again, didn't think about it for another two years, and then one day picked it up and finally got it right. Um, still changed a good amount of it, too, but and added fully new verses. It was really just that chorus. Um, the story, this part's probably not as... People are always like, oh, I really want to know the, the details. It wasn't that exciting, to be honest. It was about someone I knew. It's really more about a name than a person, to be honest. It was somebody I knew. I worked with her. Her name was Mary Grace, um, which I always thought was an interesting name because it's very, you know, it's, it's reference to, you know, um, Holy Mary, which is, you know, the queen of heaven, a pretty important person, and that's your name. I'm like, bold name. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought of this. I was just writing a song about that name because I thought it was interesting. And I had this idea I thought was kind of funny. She was from Monmouth County, New Jersey. And I sing a lot about location, and you mentioned weather and stuff, too. Very, like, I don't know, very specific stuff, I guess. If it's raining, you're going to hear a song about rain. Um, all the t- I have actually three songs called South Jersey. South yeah, Jersey number one, two, and three. Um, so I love writing about places, locations, stuff like that. And I kind of had this, this joke, you know, the writer views this Mary Grace person as so lofty, so great, um, but he says, if she's not the queen of heaven, you're like the real Mary, at the very least she's the queen of Monmouth County, which I thought was kind of a funny idea. Like, you know, you think she's worthy of queen of all of heaven, Holy Mary standard, but if not, at least the queen of this little New Jersey County. Um, So I thought that was kind of funny. And then the verses, I wouldn't even go into that because I've had a lot of different people who've heard me play it, come up to me with their different theories on the verses, what they mean. And I kind of want to keep it up keep it up a little vague, see what people think. Yeah. Um, so I won't tell you about those. You can interpret those if you'd like.
1: Yeah. I, I found I love when people handle it that way. Um, I am terrible at writing music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have only ever finished one song. There we go. And I sent it to my friend and didn't define what it meant. And the text that he sent me back and then the text that one of my other friends sent me back were two very different interpretations that still got to the same result. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain how happy I was. Yeah. But I'm like, you took but you both took two different starting points and got to the same end point. Yeah. And they were both valid stories. I was like, I am never going to tell anybody my, my intentions of it. So I, I'd love that.
2: Yeah, that is fun. And I, and I, a lot of times we'll ask people who have heard it, I'd be like, can you tell me what we thought of that? Mm -hmm. And they give me something and I've, I don't think I've gotten the same answer twice. So, yeah, so that's been kind of fun.
1: Have you found that your definition or story of what you wrote has changed from the other people's interpretations?
2: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I, yes, I think so. Um, when I had it, I, yeah, I don't even exactly know what I had in mind, I think, when I wrote mm-hmm. it. I just kind of wrote it. And um, it eventually got somewhere, but when people... It, it's definitely not what people have thought, but the more I hear other stories, I'm like, oh, maybe that is what it means, mm-hmm. um, you know, as people think about it. Because I definitely... I've heard that many times. A lot of musicians love to say that, um, you know, you... It's not exactly you writing the song it's it comes out and it means a million different things, uh, which I love I think that's such a cool idea. Um, so many people I think are really it's but even when listening it's it's all about this is exactly what this person meant, and that's it. I'm like, why? who cares? I think that's the fun of it all, figuring out what it was, you know, taking guesses, making up a crazy story, seeing for the lines. I think that's the fun of of lyrics I think it's awesome
1: to let it evolve, even though the words are black ink on a white paper and they will never change yet the story keeps changing yeah i think that's amazing yeah i love that so without waiting any longer this is hammond's folly on guitar and vocal and tawny williams on violin performing his upcoming single the queen of monmouth county
0: Full of grace Blessed is the smile on her face For a kiss I'd commit all seven And when she said goodbye last week I shouted, please don't go without me If not the Queen of Heaven She's the Queen of Monmouth County first time I saw you, I knew I needed more. As you strut across that Atlantic shore, the winter winds in the frosty air, they blew back your locks of gold. body commandeered my dreams, your legs packed into skin-tight jeans, but I swore my love and lock were cursed when I heard the Lord got to. of grace blessed is the smile on her face for a kiss i'd commit all seven and when she said goodbye last week i shouted please don't go without me if not the queen of heaven she's the queen of monmouth county i thought that i could make when we drove across 539 And we shouted along when the boss sang Born to Run Our throat so sore when the song was done But intervention was divine Cross the ocean county line, about two thousand years to late. Your goodbye had sealed my fate. Hail Mary, full of grace. Blessed is the smile on her face. For a kiss, I'd commit all seven. And when she said goodbye last week, I shouted, Please don't go without me, if not the Queen of Heaven. She's the Queen of Monmouth County. I always dreamed you'd fall for me, and that we'd move down by the sea, and sleep in salty air by night, then we'd wake up to the Lord's shining light. But I'm a sinner, and you I can walk upon the waves So in the sand, God hears your bounty My darling, the Queen of Monmouth County Hail Mary, full of grace Blessed is the smile on her face For a kiss, I'd commit all seven And when she said goodbye last week I shouted, please don't go without me If not the queen of heaven She's the queen of Monmouth County
1: That was The Queen of Monmouth County by Hammond's Folly and Tawny Williams. To find more of Hammond's Folly's music, head over to Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Music at Hammond's Folly. You can also find Tawny on Instagram at Tawny Louise Williams. Those links will be in the description as well. Kyle,
2: anything else to say before you go? I don't think so. I was trying to think of something funny to say, but I don't think I have anything funny to say. Um, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Um, really glad I get to share this music, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the song. And definitely go follow Tawny. Hire her for all of your violin needs. She is the best. Um, And you don't have to hire me for anything. Just listen to my songs if you want. That's it. Thank you for having me. This is great. As always, thanks
1: to Kyle and Tani for being guests, and also to all of you, lovely listeners, for joining us today on Hit Single. Shout out to Flat7 Media for sponsoring the podcast. Head over to Flat7 Media on Facebook and Instagram or flat7media.com for all your video and audio production needs. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to drink some water, eat your veggies, and always help a friend in need. It's been real, and we will see you in the next one
0: across 539